Good morning, PCB. We're all here for our final morning session, which is going to stretch into the afternoon. Um, I want to um, welcome Joel Snyder to our meeting as our host. I mean, as our host. I'm the host, and he is our presenter for the next 20 minutes. Um, Joel is well known to everybody at ACB as the uh, beginner of the audio description project. He was known to all of us in Washington, D.C. as the audio described guy with the Washington ear way long ago when times were unusual and nobody thought that anybody needed to have audio description. And he now also heads Audio Description Associates, and he does audio description work all over the country for all kinds of people and probably all over the world, since he did say he's um, done things everywhere in on many continents. So all I can say, and of course, we all know about Joel's book, uh, Making the Visual Verbal. Did I say that right? Um, anyway, it is... It is also on BARD, so if I give a plug to this book, most of you won't give Joel any money. <laughs> <laughs> so take it away, Joel. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris and Doug and everybody at the Pennsylvania Council. It's great to be with you this morning. You know, I am um, actually sharing a PowerPoint uh, a, a video presentation that some of you may be able to access a little bit. Uh, but, you know, this is about audio description. How do you make audio description of text. This slide is mostly text. How do you how do you make text accessible? Well, you, you read it, and that's what I'm going to do. Audio Description Associates, LLC. The Visual Made Verbal presents audio description. If your eyes could speak with Joel Snyder, PhD, President, Audio Description Associates, LLC, Director, Audio Description Project, ACB, American Council of the Blind. Pennsylvania Council of the Blind, September 19th, 2021. At the bottom, four words, American audio description symbol. And then there is an image there, the audio description logo, a white square within which are two letters in bold black type, an A and a D. The left side of that A is tilted just a bit to the right into the curve. To the right of the curve in the D, three curved lines, period. Now, why do I say that? Actually, because sometimes beginning describers will go on and say something like, oh, they represent sound waves. Well, true enough. But there's nothing on the screen that says that for sighted people. Why would you add that for people who are blind or have low vision? Audio describers describe. We don't explain. We show. We don't tell. So he's not angry, that would be telling you. We show you his, he stomps his foot, his, he has a grimace, his fist is clenched, something like that. So just a little bit about what we do with audio description, and I'll share a bit more with you as we go on here, just for a few minutes. The next slide has got a, a cartoon on it, and, and sighted folks will look at this and say, whoa, I, I can hardly see that. He, the image is too small. Well, there's method to my madness. Audio description is good for, for folks who are blind and also uh, for sighted people when the presenter forgot to enlarge the picture. You know, or maybe you're way in the back of a hall and you, you just can't see that screen way up front. 
So let's do a little description here. The Fan by John McPherson. On a stage, at left, a woman in a flowing gown, her hands clasped in front of her, stands before a kneeling man in a doublet and feathered cap. He croons, Why does thy heart turn away from mine? At right, a man at a microphone speaks. Uh, Basically, the guy with the goofy hat is ticked because this babe has been running around with the dude in the black tights. The caption reads, Many opera companies now provide interpreters for the culturally impaired. A little bit of description humor there for you. And you know, when I first saw this, I saw that guy kneeling on the stage. I thought he had an axe in his head. It kind of looks like that, you know. Ah, had I been listening to the description? It's just a feathered cap, you know. Oh, and that's a doublet he's wearing. See, so I'm an old-sighted guy, but I would have learned a lot from, from listening to that audio description. You know, I subtitled this presentation, If Your Eyes Could Speak. And uh, I will admit, I stole that line from a movie. came out about 10 years ago, The Book Thief. Some of you may know it. Uh, In the movie, a young man is being hidden in the basement of a home for his own protection. The, The windows have been blacked out so that no one could see in. But then, of course, he can't see out. And there's a young girl in the home, about 11 years old, uh, who will come down and visit him occasionally. They like to talk about languages, about words. This is what happens. Tell me, where do you get these words? It's a secret. And who would I tell? Can you do me a favor? Can you describe the day for me? What's it like outside? It's cloudy. No, 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 no. Make the words yours. If your eyes could speak, what would they say? It's a pale day. Pale. Good. Go on. Everything's stuck behind a cloud. And the sun doesn't look like the sun. What does it look like? Like a silver oyster. Thank you. I saw that. He points to his head. I saw that. An 11-year-old girl, audio describing. Audio description is a, a kind of literary art form. Really, it's about words, language. I'll narrow that. It's, it's kind of a, a poetry, really. I'll narrow that even further. It's a haiku. And I say that because we use as few words as possible to provide that verbal version of the visual. The visual is made verbal and oral, A-U-R-A-L, I'm pointing to my ear, and oral, O-R-A-L, I'm pointing to my mouth. We use words that are succinct, vivid, and imaginative to convey the visual visual image that's not fully accessible to a segment of the population. And in fact, uh, you may not know, the American Foundation for the Blind just uh, in 2019 uh, released new estimates, and and they put the number of folks who are blind at over 32 million Americans, what they say is, who are blind or have difficulty seeing, even with correction, so low vision. And, and 32 million, that's 8% of the population. That's significant. 
you know, and and then there are the their friends, their families, their people with autism, their their people with learning disabilities, people learning English perhaps for the first time, yeah, and and then of course the visual image is not fully realized by the rest of us, the rest of us sighted folks who see, but we don't observe. So it's it's really useful for anyone who wants to truly notice and appreciate a more full perspective on a visual event, but especially helpful as an access tool for folks who are blind or have low vision. I've provided description in thousands of arts events. You know, it began with live theater, but dance, opera, television, national television, films, feature films, it's all available in all those venues. But I've also provided description at, at weddings, at parades, at rodeos, at circuses, at other sporting events, and even at funerals, wherever the visual image is essential to the to the event. So, but now I'm going to help you see, if you will, uh, what description is all about by having you, if you're a sighted person, you can close your eyes. You don't really even need to close your eyes. I'm going to do that for you. What I mean is, I'm going to just play a very brief excerpt from the original soundtrack of a major motion picture, The Color of Paradise. Maybe you saw it 20-some years ago. What can you glean about the film when you're limited to listening only? I think this will make the point about the power of audio description. Let's try it. stop right there boy what the heck is going on kind of hard to to tell yeah uh, you know and and it, it seems ends up seeming longer than it really is i i suspect that if some of you uh, were in the movie theater for the first time 20 years ago you know without description and you came on this segment you'd say that's it i'm out of here that's that's enough there's there's nothing i i don't get it you know, or you'd be using your elbow to your friend next to you. You know, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And everybody around you is going, shh, 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 right? No, 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 that's no good. Let's see, let's, let's experience the power of audio description. I'm going to play the same excerpt, just a little bit more even, uh, but with audio description. And um, I don't know, will it make a difference? I think perhaps it will. And... Um, Let's let's uh, this is actually the audio description that I wrote and voiced when this film was played on ABC television quite some time ago. Let's try it. Let's 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 see by listening. <laughs> 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 
Muhammad kneels and taps his hands through the thick round cover of brown curled leaves. A scrawny nestling struggles on the ground near Muhammad's hand. His palm hovers above the baby bird. He lays his hand lightly over the tiny creature. Smiling, Muhammad curls his fingers around the chick and scoops it into his hands. He stands and strokes its nearly featherless head with a fingertip. Muhammad starts as the bird nips his finger. He taps his finger on the chick's gaping beak. He tilts his head back, then drops it forward. Muhammad tips the chick into his front shirt pocket. Wrapping his legs and arms around a tree trunk, Muhammad climbs. He latches onto a tangle of thin upper branches. His legs flail for a foothold. Muhammad stretches an arm between a fork in the trunk of the tree and wedges in his head and shoulder. His shoes slip on the rough bark. He wraps his legs around the lower trunk, then uses his arms to pull himself higher. He rises into thicker foliage and holds onto tangles of smaller branches. Gaining his footing, Muhammad stands upright and cocks his head to one side. An adult bird flies from a nearby branch. Muhammad extends his open hand. He touches a branch and runs his fingers over wide green leaves. He pats his hand down the length of the branch. His fingers trace the smooth bark of the upper branches, search the network of connecting tree limbs, and discover their joints. Above his head, Muhammad's fingers find a dense mass of woven twigs, a bird's nest. Smiling, he removes the chick from his shirt pocket and drops it gently into the nest beside another fledgling. He rubs the top of the chick's head with his index finger. Muhammad wiggles his finger like a worm and taps the chick's open beak. Smiling, he slowly lowers his hand. Ah, a bit more clear, yes? And guess what? You know, Muhammad, his visage, what he looks like, was already described earlier in the film. Muhammad is a young boy who's blind. And that's part of the, uh, uh, the story of The Color of Paradise. Um, you know, and there, I like that excerpt because it illustrates a few audio description techniques that may be of interest. For instance, at the very beginning, the, the ground cover of brown curled leaves. Well, we don't tell you it's fall. We show you brown curled leaves. And color, color, of course, uh, has been proved to be important, uh, is, is important to people with low vision, certainly, who once had uh, the ability to see color, but even people who are congenitally blind, because you grow up in the world and, and you learn about colors. Colors are more than just a hue. Uh, uh, green in this country, of course, means money. Uh, and yellow means cowardice, et cetera, et cetera. So colors can be important, too. Uh, the timing is critical. There, there might be just a two-second cue, and then you come right in with a description. Timing is so critical because we weave description around a film's sound elements. Um, you may have noticed even uh, when I uh, described him in the tree, he taps, uh, he tilts, he, he uh, 
Oh, what's the other one? There's another T word in there. I don't have the script in front of me, but alliteration is a poetic technique. And uh, it's, it's just like poetry, you know, uh, audio descriptions are written to be heard. And sometimes those techniques can, can stimulate uh, interest. Um, at the very end, you know, he wiggles his finger with, uh, like a worm. Actually, he wiggles his index finger. Precision is so important. You know, um, it's not his thumb. It's not his pinky. It's his index finger. And he wiggles it like a worm, a simile. Well, there's no worm there, but by using that simile, by by comparing it to something else uh, that I imagine a worm, well, I think you help people see what he's doing with his finger, wiggling his finger like a worm. And of course, he's in a bird's nest. He's trying to feed the, the birds, perhaps, something like that. In, in, in closing, I, I just, uh, I have a true story for you. Um, I was very honored that you, you played the, my audio description of the Franklin Court earlier. Um, a blind fellow was visiting a museum with some friends, and he was approached by a sighted woman who had the temerity to ask him, excuse me, what are you doing in a museum? You can't see any of the exhibits. Well, he was a bit taken aback, but his response was, I'm here for the same reason anyone goes to a museum. I want to learn. I want to know. I want to be a part of our culture. And the, the point is, as you know, his inability to see shouldn't deny him access to our culture. It's the responsibility of our arts institutions, every public institution, to be as inclusive as possible. It's about access to culture, and that really is everybody's right. There simply is no good reason why a person with a particular physical disability must also be culturally disadvantaged. No. And, and I like to emphasize one point. You know, in the United States, the principal constituency for description, people who are blind have an unemployment rate of 70%. We need to do some work on that. But, you know, I'm certain that with more meaningful access to culture and its resources, I think people become more informed. They become more engaged with society. Maybe they become more engaging individuals and perhaps more employable. So I have... Uh, on the screen now, um, I do want to mention the Audio Description Project's website, which is so important, uh, the go-to place for information about description, https colon slash slash adp.acb.org. You can find out what's on television with description right now, what films, what DVDs, what's streaming, Etc. And here's my uh, contact information. If you have any questions, I welcome you to write to me at jsnyder at audiodescribe.com or jsnyder, that's S-N-Y-D-E-R, at acb.org. And Chris was so kind to mention my book, The Visual Made Verbal. It's uh, available at amazon.com, published by ACB. Uh, it is now uh, in um, uh, published by in Braille and as an audiobook by the Library of Congress. It's uh, in uh, Portuguese, Polish, Russian. Um, it's uh, coming out in Spanish uh, later next month in conjunction with the World Blind Union and Italian and 
Chinese versions are coming out next year. At the bottom of the slide, um, I mentioned uh, one of our initiatives at the Audio Description Project is uh, our Audio Description Institute's training. So we have two virtual ones already, and we'll do another virtual one in February of 2022. Next year, fingers crossed, we'll do it in person when we all gather in Omaha, Nebraska. So, so what that means, basically, uh, if you did not enjoy the last 20 minutes, you certainly will not enjoy three days or five days with me. So that's all I have, Christine. It's a pleasure to be with you. Have a marvelous rest of your, your conference. Well, thank you so much, Joel. And now we will be turning it over to the movie.